It's Edmonton's podcast on the Canada's Podcast Network. Hello, this is Bonnie LG coming to you today with Edmonton's podcast, a member of the Canada's Podcast Network, where we talk to the entrepreneurs who are making it happen here in the city of Edmonton, Alberta. With more than 25 years of sales experience, Lee Mainman has been responsible for the management of sales teams and client relationships for major accounts across every industry vertical. Lee gained significant management and consulting experience from working at companies like TELUS, Robert Half Technology, and VCIO. So welcome to the show, Lee, and thanks for taking the time to be here today for all our listeners. Thanks, Bonnie. I appreciate you having me on the show. Why don't we jump right into it? Can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and about your current business, Bits and Glass? Absolutely. Uh, so myself personally, I'm born in Peace River, Alberta, so about six hours north of Edmonton. Uh, I've spent most of my life, though, uh, since about 72 in Edmonton. I have a couple of great kids and a couple of great uh, dogs that keep me busy uh, outside of work. Uh, on the professional side, Bits and Glass, uh, one of three partners in this organization. We've been around since 2002. It actually started with the uh, other partners founding the organization. They were working on some uh, very large, complex projects actually at TELUS, uh, where I was working, but I didn't know them at the time. And they decided, like most good entrepreneurs, there's got to be a better way uh, to do things. And, and they went to create a company to build web applications. And back in 2002, that was really coming into uh, the four and and they looked around and, and decided well you know we want to do this uh, our way and uh, they they looked and decided on a company name of Bits and Glass which is a little bit unique in in the industry but it came from really the telco space where fiber optics were getting put in the ground uh, all over the place and and they looked and said well fiber optics is made out of glass and bits and bytes flowing down the fiber optic pipe is the internet or the web and so Bits and Glass was an appropriate name. And it's been quite good for us ever since. Uh, the company from there spent quite a few years uh, just as a very, very small uh, entity doing uh, custom software development. I joined them in 2007. And uh, from there, we started to organically grow the company, uh, doing a lot of work with medium and large enterprise uh, Edmonton-based companies and public sector, a lot of government of Alberta work. We made a fundamental shift starting about 2009, where we saw a trend coming around uh, in, in the software development space, what are called platform technologies. Appian was the first one that we picked up as a partner and started to work with. By about 2012, we'd really seen the power and the benefit of doing it, uh, of doing software development on a uh, platform versus doing custom development. And so we looked around and, and found uh, a couple of other partners uh, in the space that we wanted to work with, one being Salesforce, which is probably uh, more well-known to your listeners as a CRM system for sales. And uh, we picked up an integration partner uh, platform called MuleSoft. 
which has subsequently been bought by Salesforce now. And we've added uh, another partner recently called Blue Prism, which is uh, robotic process automation. And so that's kind of the foundation. We made this shift really in 2013 when we decided we're not doing any more custom development uh, and we're going to focus solely on the platform space. And that focus was a big part of our success. We were able to really accelerate the company as a result of that. And since then, uh, we've had a few kind of uh, stepping stones, but the company has grown quite dramatically from probably in 2013, we were 20 some odd employees. Uh, today, we're uh, over 110 employees. Wow, well, that's impressive growth. That's amazing. Um, you know, one of the things that often challenges entrepreneurs is around that financing piece. So can you share a bit of, of your story in terms of maybe how the, the company was financed from the beginning and how you've been able to, to finance your growth going forward? Yeah, and there's been a, a few phases we've taken advantage of lots of different financing options, I guess, uh, really starting with uh, self-funded organic growth, you know, putting everything we earned back into the company to continue to get it to grow. Uh, in the early stages, you know, it was small incremental growth. When we got to the point where we wanted to really um, start moving things ahead and, and the kind of that first inflection point was looking at going into the U.S. as a marketplace, um, we recognized we needed a a bigger sales and marketing engine uh, for the company. And so we uh, got some mezzanine financing around that, which uh, helped us kind of get that off the ground. In, in our business, a, a sales cycle is six to 18 months. So investing in salespeople really means a year of kind of getting them ramped up and, and cost before they start showing productivity. So that mezzanine financing helped with that phase. Uh, from there, we really, we had a lot of success in the U.S. We've grown the organization. We've got a U.S. subsidiary company now with a head office in Denver. Uh, we've opened another office in Dallas. We're opening uh, New York shortly here. Uh, and in Canada, we have Edmonton, Calgary, and Toronto as locations. So as we looked at this next phase, we went out and actually got some equity investment from our good friends at ATB Capital locally here, which is being a, a great partnership for both of us. Really appreciate working with those guys. And, and that allowed us to uh, really step up and, and you know, move from what was probably you know, around 40 employees to over 100 in, in a couple of years. So you know, really appreciate the, the work that they've done for us there. And so what's the long-term vision for the company? Like, do you want to keep expanding into different cities or where do you hope to be in five years? Yeah, great question. Um, the kind of the long-term vision, and we actually use a, a business coach uh, from a firm called Gazelles, uh, and they've been really, really good at helping us structure our planning and our long-term thinking. So we have, uh, you know, our Annual and quarterly goals that drive us through. We have a three-year rolling plan uh, for the organization. And then we have what they call a BHAG, a big, hairy, audacious goal uh, for 10 years out. And uh, you know, we're really looking at continuing expanding and growing the organization. The key is to stay focused uh, within the technologies that we have. We're going to start to drive more industry vertical. Uh, specialization, I think, is, is what will be the next engine for us to really uh, get things jumping. 
beyond North America is probably still a ways out, but it's not out of the question to, to see expansion even beyond uh, uh, the North American marketplace. I'd like to shift gears a bit here and, and talk specifically about uh, some of your experiences, Lee, about being a, an entrepreneur in Edmonton. So what advice would you give to our listeners who are interested in either starting a business in Edmonton or perhaps growing the business that they already have? You know, in your experience, what are some of the pros and cons of, of doing business there? Yeah, I think uh, kind of on the pro side, and and for me, I'm kind of a late stage entrepreneur. You could could say I, I came into the world of being an entrepreneur later in life, and and it's been the best thing I ever did. Uh, kind of the the best job I've ever had is working for myself and working with my partners. Edmonton, really, what what it's allowed us to do is create it's created the culture of our company. We we are really a get it done kind of organization. We're very practical. We're very responsive. Uh, we use what we call agile methodologies. So um, it's something that, that we find just Edmonton in general brings us the type of people uh, that make up Edmonton are people that get it done. They're practical. They're hardworking. And that's kind of been the foundation of, of our organization and how we've grown. So I, I really see there's huge talent here. If you're going to start a company, that's one of the best things to do is to start growing your talent locally and, and get going. It's been a bit of a challenge because it is also, from a technology perspective, a highly competitive marketplace. There are a lot of you know, big firms in town um, that take up a, a big chunk of the market share. And, and that part of that was the reason we expanded beyond the local marketplace. But at the same time, I think there's just so many people here that are willing to share their experiences, willing to help. And that's one of the best things you can do as an entrepreneur is to reach out and talk to other entrepreneurs, you know, find lessons and, and get help because each person brings their own unique skill set and they typically don't cover the gamut. You need to fill in the gaps with the right type of people to, to make sure that you can be successful. Well, I'd like to ask you a few personal questions, Lee. And um, the first is, you know, we often do some of our best work outside of the office. So I'm curious, is there a place in Edmonton where you like to go just to recharge or maybe get inspired and think about your business? Some place that, that we can find you hanging out when you need to do that? Um, yeah, actually, it's kind of my routine to, to just do lunch by myself. And, and I find there's so many great restaurants in Edmonton, and we're located downtown Edmonton. So usually lunch hour, you'll find me at one of the restaurants around here. And it's just my time to, to sit by myself, think about you know the day and the week and what's going on and leave the phone and email behind. I, I just find that that's a focus point for my day that allows me to come back a little bit refreshed and, and to be uh, pro- productive for the rest of the afternoon. And what does the first hour of, of your day look like? Do you have any specific morning routines or rituals that help get you into the right mindset for your day? Yeah, I'm honestly not really a morning person per se. So getting, getting me out of bed is the first challenge. <laughs> Once I'm up, uh, I'm good. Uh, as I mentioned at the beginning, I've, I've got a couple of uh, dogs, a couple of German Shepherds. So it's uh, morning routine is to take them out for their uh, daily walk. And it's, it's a great way to get a little bit of fresh air and, and exercise and get getting going. And from there, it's into the office and, and connecting. We have a, a communication ritual within the company 
Uh, every morning, my partners and I have a 15-minute call. We talk about what we did yesterday, what we're doing today, and any blockers we have that, that need to get resolved. So that kind of sets us and grounds us for what we're going to do for the rest of the day. What about books? Do you have any favorite books that you would recommend to our listeners who are aspiring entrepreneurs? Or is there a favorite podcast that you listen to that just helps you to continue with your own personal development and learning? Uh, you know, probably some of the, some of the standards, uh, the Jim Collins, Good to Great, and, and that series, you know, really, I found inspired me to, to look at business a little bit differently. So I enjoyed those. I'm just cracking open one now that I'm kind of excited to have a look at. In part, uh, you know, I, I have a BA in psychology from the U of A, so that's my educational background. I'm always fascinated by behavioral analysis and all of those kind of tools. But this book is called The Fearless Organization uh, by Amy Edmondson. It's about creating psychological safety in the workplace to allow your teams to learn, innovate, and grow. Uh, and, and so far, it's, it's been an excellent read. I'm, I'm really interested to get all the way through it. But really, the concept is, and you know, this is important to us because we're really, as much as we're an IT company, we're in the people business. And it's, it's our people that make us successful. They're the ones out delivering to the client every day. And, and this book is talking about how you create an environment, not so much about being cozy and friendly, which is what you might think psychological safety means, but it's more about creating an environment where people feel comfortable voicing their opinion, raising their hand and saying, I, I messed up, uh, challenging people and, and creating that ability to innovate as an organization. So uh, I'm really looking forward to getting through the rest of this one. Well, and I'm curious, as a, a technology company, what are some of the, the tools that you use to keep you know, your, your organization efficient or um, communicating, especially with offices in so many different locations? Do you have a couple favorite tools that you could recommend? Yeah, and, and we kind of laugh because we probably have too many tools at, at some point. But, you know, a few of the key ones, were, you know, the, the standard, we're, we're a Gmail company uh, for email and, and that kind of communication, which has been a, a good tool in general for us. We use Salesforce as our CRM that keeps uh, the sales team focused, allows us to do our forecasting uh, to, to get the big picture where the company's going. And, and, and it's been a fantastic tool. Internally, the, the one that's quite interesting, and we actually use it with our customers as well, is called Slack. And a lot of listeners might have heard of Slack. And it's really a, a tool to allow people to uh, collaborate and communicate. Um, so you can create direct uh, messages to people. You can create chat, what they call channels around certain topics. And it's just, it, actually, it's quite fascinating to sit back and uh, every now and then I'll pick a channel that the staff are in and, and watch, the, you can just literally watch the conversation go on and see what's happening in your business. It, it's been a, a great tool for us from that perspective. It sounds like it would be really effective. So interesting perspective that it offers as well. If you weren't doing what you do now, can you see yourself in a different profession? Is there anything else that you've ever either wanted or wondered about as another career option? Uh, yeah, this probably a few paths. I've been in sales basically my entire career, which is kind of my passion and, and something I really enjoy. You know, I, I could look at other types of industries outside of IT, but I'm a technology guy at heart. 
I kind of look at kind of maybe the, the next piece that I want to do is something more around uh, maybe sitting on some, uh, like a, as a board of director on some other companies, being able to add some value and, and some insight from that perspective. So I'm, I actually took a course at the U of A around governance, which was excellent, an excellent program, um, and kind of twigged my interest in that. And then on a completely different side, um, a love for animals, I, I could also see myself doing something uh, either in a volunteer capacity or working with uh, animals in, in some way. It kind of is a real interest for me as well. And on the flip side of that, is there something that you just know you're not cut up, out for and you would never consider as a, a career profession? <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, my apology to all, all my accounting friends out there, but um, I, I am definitely not cut out for the uh, accounting side of the business. I, it's so important to our business and, and I love the information that comes out of it, but uh, I know I'm absolutely not cut out to do that on a day-to-day basis. So, Lee, in business, do you have like a favorite quote or saying or maybe even just a favorite word that that is kind of a touch point for you or something that you like to use or repeat to your employees to to keep them motivated? As far as, um, you know, I, I think with employees, you know, we're really talking about not being afraid to fail. In that sense, right? That's part of innovation, and, and we really push that. And I also tell people, and, and we say this to ourselves: don't get too high and don't get too low. Uh, you, you know, you're never as great as your best moment. And you're never as bad as your worst. Uh, and I just find keeping an even keel and, and keeping your head is so important because, as an entrepreneur, your business is going to go through ups and downs, and you need to to be patient with it. Is there a least favorite word or a sentence that you don't like to hear or you don't like to hear within your organizational culture? Probably, and it's been a pet peeve probably with me forever, but and when people say, well, that's the way we've always done it. And, you know, I think every entrepreneur is looking at, you know, when they start something, when they run their business, they're looking at differentiation, right? What, what makes your company different? Everyone will ask you that. And the only way you create that is, is by not doing it the way you've always done it. And uh, so we're, I like to, to tell people, you know, that, that's great. We've done it that way before, but, you know, how should we do it and, and how can we make it better? And how would you describe yourself? Are there a couple words that describe you and how you approach business? Uh, for me, I, I think a big part of my success has been my ability to create trust with people. Uh, and it comes through listening. I, I feel I'm a, a really good listener. Uh, I am very fair. I try and understand all perspectives and then come to a very collaborative solution. So that, that's kind of how I see myself. And, and my partners bring different attributes to the mix. And so the three of us together really make a great team. But that's kind of my contribution, I feel, is really being able to look at things from all sides and to be able to you know, come up with a, a fair and a good solution for you know, our customers, our employees, our company. So that's kind of my approach. And, you know, we often hear that entrepreneurs have things that keep them up at night. And I'm wondering, is there anything specific that keeps you up at night or that prevents you from having a good night's sleep? <laughs> uh, in general, I'm a pretty good sleeper, so I, I wouldn't say that it keeps me up at night. Um, but I, I think for us, 
the biggest thing is the industry's moving so fast. So keeping, you know, you, you get caught up in the day-to-day, you're, you're grinding out your business and making sure that what you're doing is successful because it's so important. But you really got to stop and, and look down the road and, and make sure you see what's coming um, because it, it can come really quickly. So for us, you know, what's, what's the next innovative technology platform that's coming? You know, AI and machine learning are starting to really ramp up. You know, what's the next company that we maybe want to partner with? Yeah, and of course, where's the economy going? Um, we're doing business in the U.S. Where's where's that economy going? Uh, you know, the political landscape is potentially changing in the next little while, so we're always paying attention to some of that stuff as well. What is on your inspired life list? Are there a few dreams or goals that you have over the next few years? And and these can be either personal or professional. Uh, I think mostly personal for me, and, and it's. Um, I, I've always had the travel bug. I, I love to travel. I, I do a lot of it actually for, for my jobs. Business travel is different, a little different than personal travel. I'm really looking forward to being able to get back out there and, and do more uh, trips to unique places around the world. Actually, I'm sitting in the Denver airport and a gentleman sat down next to me and was telling me he's, he's retired and basically been traveling for a year. And he's been doing that for 10 years, just going out. And he just came back from Antarctica and he was showing me some pictures. And it was just phenomenal. So that's on my bucket list of places I want to get to. Well, Lee, we have a lot of international listeners to the podcast. So I'd like you to answer this next question with them in mind. If you were to start all over again and you just moved to Edmonton, but this time you didn't know anyone or, or have a network established. What would you do and how would you start all over again as an entrepreneur in that city? Yeah, I, there's a number of great organizations in town for entrepreneurs to join. Uh, I, I totally recommend that because it, it really is a collaborative community. There's so many great entrepreneurs out there and, and you know, organizations like EO and, and uh the like are are fantastic places to start because you can build that network quickly. The people have similar issues and 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 really can can help. Uh, the Chamber of Commerce is is a great asset as well to to get out and get connected in the community. And then it's it's an interesting paradigm, but just you know socially getting out and and going to different events around town. Uh, it, it really is an event city, and and it's a great place to meet people and, and network as well. So I, I think from that perspective, um, there's a number of paths that you can go down. And then probably the other piece of advice I'd, I'd give them is to really find some good uh, advisors. A lot of times entrepreneurs feel like they have to do everything themselves. Uh, and I really think that, you know, find yourself just simple things like a great accountant, a great lawyer, a business coach, things like that. Uh, can really shorten your path uh, and, and minimize some of the simple mistakes that you don't need to make. Well, this last question that I have for you, Lee, is a hypothetical one that we ask all of our guests on the show. I'd like you to imagine that there's a small tropical island off of Fiji. It only has one phone booth there. There's no internet and we're going to drop you off and you can't have a computer or a smartphone or any of our digital toys and tools that we have. You can use the phone anytime to call a boat and we'll come pick you up. How long do you think you would last and what would you do while you're there? Uh, that is an interesting question. Uh, I would probably last a long time. I'm 
it may seem counterintuitive as a salesperson and an entrepreneur, but I'm an introvert, very comfortable with my quiet time. So that sounds like a fantastic uh, destination for me. At some point, the, the social aspect, I'm sure, would drive me back to, to the phone booth. But uh, I think while there, um, you know, exploring is, is probably the first thing I would do and, and just check out everything. And then I think it's a great opportunity to do something physical or tangible. And that, that's a big part of what I like to do. You know, every day I'm, I'm on the phone, I'm working on a computer. It's, it's a lot of intangible uh, work and to be able to build something. So I think I build myself a nice shack or a, a place to, to live there. Uh, maybe go fishing, just do do a bunch of more manual labor that that I find really reinvigorates me and and grounds me. So, you know, it'd probably take a good two months before you get a phone call from me, I would guess. Well, I have to tell you, I've asked that question to probably about 20 people so far in in our podcast, and you have been the one to stay the longest. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. That's great. Well, Lee, um, how can our listeners connect with you if they want to connect on social media or find your website? Can you pass that contact information on? Absolutely, and, and happy to talk to any entrepreneur that, that's interested in having a conversation. Uh, you can find us at bitsinglass.com, B-I-T-S-I-N-G-L-A-S-S.com, or you can reach out to me directly at Lee dot main man l-e-e dot m-a-i-n m-a-n at it's in glass.com great well thank you so much for being a guest today lee i've really enjoyed talking to you i've learned a lot from you and i'm sure our listeners have as well so thank you for being on the show today thank you bonnie appreciate it Hey there, it's Bonnie LG. Thanks for taking the time today to listen to Edmonton's podcast on the Canada's Podcast Network. We hope you enjoyed the show. Make sure you sign up for our newsletters. And if you have a minute, please write a review for us on iTunes. You can connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn at Canada's Podcast. And make sure you check out what other entrepreneurs are doing across the country. See you next time.